Okay, so do you want to do a little intro? Should I do a disclaimer? Yeah. I feel like on. we need to do a disclaimer. Okay, go on, do a disclaimer. Uh, is it recording? It is recording. Alright. This podcast contains themes of an adult and sexual nature, which some listeners may find arousing. <laughs> Enjoy. guys so today i've actually got james here with me a friend an ex all the above (laughs) yeah james how would you describe our relationship uh good friends i mean we've known each other for god knows how long now it's been ages um and i think i mean just yeah to address the (laughs) elephant in the room i am phoebe's ex 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 (laughs) boyfriend oh really there's not been that many i think that's right isn't am i missing any i've got too many i think you might have a little a few too many there okay so this week, I asked you guys for questions, and you guys all did deliver. We've got a lot of questions, which I don't know if we'll get round to all of them. But are we going to know who asked the question? I'm I, not. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I think... get a feeling I'm going to know quite a few people who send these questions. <laughs> there's a They're few be targeted. There's a few people that have definitely, definitely sent questions because they know us. But there's a few that I didn't know that are interesting. Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna. Well, I really like this question, actually. Ooh. Okay, decisions, well, this is... Decisions. This Sorry is... if you can hear the rattling of a gin tonic in the background. <laughs> Cracking gin tea, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Going down a treat. <laughs> can you have a genuine friendship with an ex without there being feelings? See, so uh, that's a really interesting one because uh, I listened to your last episode on your podcast with uh, Beth and Natalie, oh, I believe oh. it was. Two uh, very well-spoken and bright girls, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and you, you like ha- the accent too, right? You love the accent. I love the <laughs> accent. Um, but... Yeah, it got me thinking, actually. I think guys and girls can be best friends uh, without... Was it without having sex? Was that the question? Without yeah. having sexual feelings? I, I'm looking at you and I just do not believe you. No, because... <laughs> no, hear me out. Hear me out, right? Like, I think it's only natural that as humans we're going to have sexual desires, sexual urges. Yeah. Um, that's ingrained in us, right? So that's a given. And yeah, it probably is impossible to have a girl and a guy be best mates and never have the thought creep into their head of... Exactly. Have sex with them. But it's what you do with that urge at the end of the day. There's nothing wrong with having the urge. At the end of the day, we're all going to get it, unless you're asexual. Um, but it's about what you do with that urge and whether you see it through and whether you act on it. Um, and I think really it's about understanding, you know, you know, where you are in the relationship. And, you know, with friends, sometimes also I remember the example was brought up that uh, Beth and you, a guy who was best mates with a girl, but they'd slept with each other ages ago. Right. And I think that's not necessarily an unhealthy thing. Because no, but maybe... that's not the, what we were saying. Well, what I was thinking when she said that was maybe you just kind of get that out of the way. You're young. History plays a big part in it, obviously, doesn't it? So the longer you know someone, the more you grow up with them. Okay. And maybe you're just young and horny, as you are in high school. <laughs> Let's be honest, high school is a pretty incestuous time. Okay, yeah. I don't think you can deny. Um, can guys and girls be best mates and not have sexual feelings toward one another? Probably not. But can right. guys and girls be best mates, get along, and not have sex with each other? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, fine. But so our argument is still correct. It's about just don't act on the urge. Don't. Right. And, and there are, I'm, right. Sure, I'm sure there are multiple examples of girls who have tried to hook up with a guy friend 
and uh, Probably, and, yeah. and and the guy didn't see it coming. I mean, one one thing that I think is quite interesting with the whole debate going on right now as well with regards to um, female sexual assault. Right. Is that I feel like a lot of guys and maybe even girls think it's not possible for a woman to sexually assault a man. And there are a few cases where, you know, that is, that is, that has happened and that is the case. And I think usually what happens is most, most people think men can get out of their way or get out of that situation by sheer force. Um, You know, men are stronger. They can overpower their way out of a a situation if a girl were to try and sexually assault them or whatever. Um, But there are cases when, you know, women do that to guys as well. Nowhere near as, as, as often as, as, uh, as men on women. But um, it is also an issue. It is a problem. And I think it's just something inherent in human DNA where we'll always have those sexual urges, but it's just about what you do with them. Yeah, I think the conversation, like obviously it's similar with a lot of different topics, but I mean the whole thing with sexual harassment, it's not women on the street harassing men. No. Right? And that's kind of the conversation. Yeah, But sure. there are obviously cases where women, yeah, that's a difficult one. Yeah, it is a tough topic. It is a tough topic. Um, I think in, in all these uh, kind of cases you guys spoke about Sarah Everard uh, yeah. last week as well which is a horrible case especially because obviously the perpetrator was a police officer yeah. who's the one person in society that is meant to be there to protect you um, so but what's what's really interesting about that I think is and in, in all these kind of social movements as well with you know even if you look at Black Lives Matter of uh, black and ethnic minority groups the really the people that have the power to change the problem going on it's not the group that's affected, so women in terms of sexual assault, yeah, but it's right. the group that stands to lose the least, the people that are least yeah. affected. If you really want to make a change, you've got to get men on board. Yeah. Um, and then, for example, in Black Lives Matter, if, if you really want to make a change, you need to get white, white people, people on board. White people need to stand the fuck up. Yeah. Exactly. Because, um, you know, minorities and women have been discussing these issues for centuries now, but nothing's changed. Yeah, exactly. Because most people have turned a blind eye to it. Yeah, and I have to say also, I got such, like, positive feedback from the episode I did last week, and... Like, guys that I really haven't spoken to in years messaged me saying they listened and it made them see things differently. And some of the guys posted about it and saying, like, this has made me see everything from a different perspective. And that's what we need to happen. Mm. And it's, like you said, the same with Black Lives Matter. It's the white people are the people that are the fucking problem. So we need to be the ones to make a difference. And it's the same with this issue with sexual harassment of women which is been around before social media it's been around for years oh yeah and yeah we do kind of just need all these good guys to stand up to educate the idiots yeah right yeah i mean education is key at the end of the day right yeah yeah i think uh definitely education is key and you just got to be taught from a young age you know what what sexual boundaries are and yeah. what, what a healthy relationship looks like and the fact that women aren't objects but do i think that it's not even sometimes in the upbringing it's it's just like the environment that the guys are in and like lads culture yeah right like the story where i was at the bar with the guy and then like he's like slapped my ass yeah and then they were all kind of like oh, like it's funny kind of thing and it was, it's not funny but like that is when a guy would need to be like yo like dude that's not okay yeah of course something of course um yeah. i had like a few guys ask me so some guys messaged me about it and were like oh i really want to like share my views on this with you um i think that social media is partly to blame for mm. sexual harassment and i was like okay how is social media to blame for a man deciding it's appropriate to sexually harass women and they're like well you know there's so many naked girls mm. and you know you can find porn at the click of a finger. It's like Instagram and TikTok have got loads of girls in bikinis. And I'm like, well, 
I don't care how exposed you are to naked bodies. It still doesn't mean yeah. that women are like gagging for it. You and lots, that you, you can, lot, you know? You get lots of guys in swim trunks. You don't right? see, see women go on the streets like in the Axe adverts, you know, where the guy sprays some Axe on himself and all of a sudden like women come flying from. Yeah, and the suit supply corners. adverts literally make me want to be sick. Like yeah. it's own. Yeah, oh my God, even get me started. Okay, <laughs> let's just move on to the next Crack it question. On. Crack it on. Okay, ow, oh, this is actually going to flow nicely. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm not liking this already. No, no, no. Based on their reaction. <laughs> no, no. This is this is a good segue. Right. Is the sexually promiscuous environment, aka one night stands, that we live in today, conducive to long term and meaningful relationships? Do you understand? Absolutely not. I, I do understand. <laughs> I do understand. So <laughs> that, that was my answer to the question. <laughs> yeah, I get. I get the question. Absolutely not. <laughs> Okay. No, I get the question. Yeah, I, I think no, absolutely not. It's not conducive to healthy relationships, is it? I mean, look, the one night stands. I mean, here we go. You're gonna be is, a big supporter. I mean, what is no? I mean, I mean, what is a one night stand? I mean, in essence, <laughs> give me the, come on. The, the, the what one, is a one night stand? The one night stand, in essence, is a pseudo is a form of pseudo sexual artistic. Not poetry. Beautiful. No, pseudo sexual, like artistic, uh, I guess, uh, an, an act where you basically, two people get together, you're just there for one purpose, maybe one purpose only, and you're there to, you know, get your thrills. Get it out. And maybe maybe put on a bit of a show, you know? And in any performance where you've got two actors taking a stage, you see them, and if there's chemistry, it's a more powerful performance, right? And it's the same in, it's the same in a one-night stand, I think. I think... Some people purely go looking for the physical side and other people, when they have sex, they see it more as like a meaningful kind of emotional encounter, right? Well, I guess I guess the question though is asking like... No. I don't know. It doesn't really... It, 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 no, it doesn't conduce healthy relationships necessarily because then you're seeing sex purely as an act of, of yeah. getting your end in, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah, getting, yeah. getting down and dirty, but without, without any repercussions or, or, or ramifications. Do you, think that's, do you think that's also like... Do you think that's affected you? Maybe in some ways. Or say like okay, like you and like men your age, not you necessarily, but. Well, so I'm curious to get your opinion on this. I think, from what I understand, uh, maybe women have a harder time detaching the emotional side of sex uh, than men do, and men are more uh, more able to see it as purely a physical act as opposed to something that's maybe special or mm-hmm. that creates a bond. And maybe that's where some of the friction lies, you know, when you get two people having a one night stand who are coming at it from a completely different perspective, which is why I think actually in anything you do, relationships or hookups, communication is key. Yeah. Set your boundaries. Just let the other person know exactly where you're at. Yeah, completely agree. And then and then make a decision based off that. I mean, obviously it can get a bit ugly and a bit messy when, you know, something you keep unexpected happens. Together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... Um... <laughs> okay, so someone's definitely sent this in on purpose. All right. Is it Adele? No, it's not Adele. Uh, for some reason, that's the first name that comes to mind. Adele, shout out to Adele. She's always really nice to me in person, but I feel like um, she she would want to throw a curveball in there. I know. I asked. I was like, she Adele, was... send in a question. Did no, she get... not? No, she didn't send anything. Poor form. I know. Okay, so the question is, sex with an ex, yay or nay? Absolute maybe. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's an ambiguous question. Because what's an ex? Are we talking ex-boyfriend? Are we talking, talking ex-wife? Ex, no, Are we ex- talking ex-colleague? Significant other. What do you well, think I'm, about that? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that ambiguous question with an equally ambiguous answer. Oh, that's which is, not, it, it depends. It depends, right? I mean, surely it depends on 
the, the two people involved. It depends on the, it depends on the scenario. It depends on what you're looking for. I mean, probably the worst thing you can do is have sex with an ex where one of you is only doing it to to you know have a bit of sexual gratification. Has that ever happened to you, James? No, not that I can think of. To Has be it not? No, Are you sure? no, no. I mean, not when it's uh, not when it's not been two way. That's that's what I'll say. Okay, no, I actually think sex with an ex is is um, a dangerous game to mm. play. I think it can work in instances, but I think. Yeah, I think it can get messy if it's also like very soon after the, re- the relationship or, yeah. I mean, we've all, we've all had that, that kind of wobbly moment, right? Where you've broken up with an ex and you think, oh, never again, I'm never going back there. And then maybe you hit a bit of a dry patch or you're a bit lonely <laughs> yeah. and you see him and you go, oh God, like, you know, maybe I could. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like a bit familiar. I th- what, that's the thing. I think that's a good word. I think the, the power of uh, familiarity and the allure of familiarity in a situation like that can't be understated because... Really, when you're when you've got that familiarity of someone, it breeds an element of comfort. And I think um, I, I think especially for women, right? It's, right. it's really Very important true. to have that sense of feeling comfortable with someone, especially when you're getting intimate and trust. Yeah, for sure. When you're when you're in quite kind of um, you know when you're getting an intimate scenario and you, you're making yourself quite vulnerable. In a yeah, way. no, completely. So when you with an ex, you know you, you kind of know you've got the chemistry there, you've got the history. You you roughly more or less know what it's going to be like, unless it's been a while and they've learned a thing or two since then. Who knows? <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but but that familiarity is important, right? And that's probably yeah. the appeal. Yeah. Um, and I and I think going back to the one night stands thing, maybe it's easier for guys as well because guys don't rely or depend on that familiarity for comfort in yeah. a situation like that. Whereas maybe girls, maybe a, a yeah, I think for girls it's obviously more. It's just trickier to like, for example, for a girl to have an orgasm, like it is because it's much more mental than it is. Uh, physical for a woman not during the orgasm but to get there you know you have to really have that connection with Mm. someone Mm. and I think with one night stands you're not going to get that whereas guys are very much just visual Mm. so yeah Yeah. I don't don't know if we really answered that question I would say steer clear of the exes guys I would say beware approach cautiously But never say never. (laughs) Right. Speaking from experience. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What are your thoughts on sex on the first date? Does it change your perspective on how you approach the relationship after that? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, (laughs) I mean, sex on the first date can be nice. If you really get on with the person. Right. Um, Or not. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> situation depending my mum is listening to this by the way so, so my parents yeah so, okay I fair mean, enough listen. hey Colin and Sally <laughs> <laughs> God. well I, I have to tread carefully as well because I um, absolutely love both your parents but when I first met Colin he scared the living shit out of me <laughs> I still hold some of this PTSD to this day um, oh but 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 now Colin and I get on swimmingly these days so there was one time I'm just gonna tell one story there was one time that James and I had I don't really remember how long it was. I think quite recently broken up. And you came back with me after a night out one night and we you stayed over. And in the next the next day, James tried to sneak out of the house and bearing in mind this house had like four levels. So he's like creeping down the stairs and Tail between my legs. <laughs> yeah. Your dad just appeared out of nowhere and he showed up in the doorway and, and, and he made he made a point of making himself present when I left. <laughs> Which is fair enough, you know, as any as any good father would do. What was the question again? I forgot the question. <laughs> yeah, we Went off on a little... bit of a tangent there. Yeah. 
thoughts on sex on the first date and does it change your perspective on how to go further with that person? Yeah, so sex on the first date can be great. Um, but maybe it does kill the mystique early on. I mean, maybe there is kind of... There, I mean, there is a thing. There is a genuine kind of, um, I guess, uh, logic or rationale behind playing hard to get, right? Yeah. And the longer you pine for something or someone, the more you want it. Uh, maybe if you... If you have sex a bit too early, maybe it kills that mystery. A I bit. think it's really difficult to know when to have sex these days, though, because sex is so accessible, mm. right? So, like, if you're going on a date and that you're getting to know someone and they're not putting out and you really want to have sex, you can literally just go on an app and find someone to have sex with. Or, mm. like, you know, it's just so much easier. And I think that that has ruined like a bit of the romance of dating a bit because people can just be like that's why ghosting happens all the time as well because mm. people get so distracted and just like nope like found something better or like not interested anymore yeah but uh yeah it's a tricky minefield but okay let me flip the question on its head for you then is there anything wrong with having sex on the first date oh no i don't think there is at all um as long but- as consensual yeah i mean i just i just always struggle with it because i in my head as a woman, I'm like, even if I want to have sex in that moment, I stop myself because I'm thinking that that will change his perception of me. You're thinking you're making it too easy. Yeah. Or maybe you'll, I mean, you'll get the I, wrong I'm impression. an overthinker mm. for sure. Mm. And I think now I'm getting older, I do just do kind of like what feels right. And if the, like, if the vibe is there and it feels good, then I think you should just do what feels right. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I do think there are men out there that they love the chase, right? And once you've given it to them, a lot of the time they do just sort of disappear so yeah i don't know i think it's tricky okay okay (laughs) okay okay (laughs) hooking up with your ex's friends yeah big no no big no no i mean for me at least i think there's there's a code of code of conduct surely in these things and uh i mean you talk a lot about the bro code with guys and i think that's i think that's a genuine thing like why would you want to get with one of your ex's friends unless unless maybe in a situation where those two people dating weren't really right for each other it was more of like a physical thing years go by you get their permission they both say yes and then maybe yeah, go in for it but i don't know i just think it's kind of dodgy territory i do too hmm. i think if it's i think if it's just a hookup you hmm. shouldn't really do it <laughs> we're speaking from experience here phoebs um you know <laughs> So I've enjoyed this far far more than I should be. <laughs> um, to be fair, have you've done that? Have I? Yeah, we've had this conversation. Mum, these are all allegations, <laughs> all alleged, alleged. Um, unless, look, unless like the person who your friend was dating, you believe is the one, and you actually genuinely think you guys are in yeah. love with each other. Yeah. Maybe that makes it tricky. But if it's purely for a hookup, a sexual fling, and you know that your mate, she's she or he is your mate's ex, then that's a no-go. Don't do it. It's just going to cause problems. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I agree. We agree on something. We, we agree. Hey. Love I think it. We're making progress. We I feel like this chat is very therapeutic. Right? I know. Yeah. You're going to leave here and be like, I am a love guru. <laughs> I'm sexually reborn. <laughs> downloading hinge ladies <laughs> oh god i've not Do been you on have hinge i've not got any dating apps i deleted them all back back uh, last summer I, they just don't work for me 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not particularly good at them. Um, I don't really like the... I don't think you can be good at dating. Well, maybe that's not true, is it? You can <sighs> be. There's some guys on there that I'm just like, you've done this too many times. Like you said, some people live for the game, right? Yeah. But I just don't like the general chit-chat. I, I like getting to know someone face-to-face. Yeah, the connection's not there, obviously, ever yeah. over a phone. Yeah. And also... I have to, it has to be said that actually, especially during COVID dating apps, I think it can be quite dangerous because the only place you can go is their houses mm. or obviously on a walk or something, but you are putting yourself more at risk because you're more likely to meet somewhere private. Yeah. So, I mean, friends, friends that I know that have done this, basically what they do is you go on like a little walk in the park just to gauge the situation and then see, okay, are they are they a creep? Are they not? Are they totally weird? Or are they actually semi-sensible? And then, and then you make a decision. And then if the walk goes well, then, hey, let's go back to your apartment. Let's get a drink. It's kind of cold out here. Well, see, uh, see, funny you say that because I did that. Really? When I was in Newcastle. And I had been... So before I went to Newcastle, I put my location in Newcastle so I could kind of, like, see what, like, was out there. Still about the local talent. Yeah. Did a bit and of window shopping, did we? Yeah, absolutely. And I knew I was going to be there for at least a month. Turned out I was going to be there for three months, mm-hmm. but that's another story. <laughs> um, and I was chatting to this guy for, like, weeks before I got there. Really good-looking guy. Like, rugby boy. Like... Um, he was a doctor like oh, in right. his 30s I was like okay this you guy you win a Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> and then um, eventually we met up but I was like getting really weird vibes from him and I was like I said to him before I went listen like I'm not interested in having sex this is not why I'm meeting you just gonna go on a walk and he said absolutely fine like that I'm on the same page okay what a gem uh, yeah well and then I go on this walk and he's like, I can't believe we're out here walking, blah, blah, blah. Like, ha, ha, like, kind of joking, but like not kidding, you know? Anyway, it starts to rain, of course, because it's the Northeast. And I, I'm like, okay, fuck's sake. And because he's had the vaccine, I knew that he wouldn't be getting coronavirus, right? right and okay. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be putting my mum at risk yeah. if I do go right, in- okay. inside. Yeah. So... <laughs> I was genuinely worried about that. But then he was like, I've had the vaccine. So I was like, okay, no. But so I go into his apartment and like pretty soon I realized I was in a pretty like dangerous situation Mm -hmm. because he actually like switched and like started trying things on with me. And like, he was a really big guy, like quite strong. And and it's a, it was a long story. I could get into details, but I don't think people are listening to this oh <laughs> podcast God. for yeah, that. Yeah. But, you know, I was really in a situation where I thought, oh my God, like this is really dangerous. Mm. And I have completely not thought this through. Mm. And um, it really did put me off like dating apps massively. Yeah. Um, but also I realized I had completely not listened to my gut instinct because... I knew before I went, I was like, I don't know, this doesn't feel completely right. Yeah. And I sort of just walked into like a fire pit, yeah. think, hoping for the best, you know, like, oh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't ideal. At no, all. no, that's, see, that's, that's crazy to me because, which is why I think it's so good that you're doing this podcast because um, I'm loving listening to real life examples of girls in those scenarios because for me I've never a such an alien thought yeah. in my mind like going to someone's house and feeling unsafe. unsafe or like worried about how it might pan out I mean the only thought in my mind is 
<laughs> is it going to be a good hookup or not? If it's if if she gets too frisky and I don't want it, I can just tell her no, stop, and I'm going to leave. Right. I, I never in a million yeah. years feel unsafe in a situation like that, and I just think the fact that you know this is a constant thought on women's minds in yeah. a situation like that, I think it's just a shame. The conclusion from that is be careful if you're dating in lockdown and you're using dating apps. Don't go straight to the house and listen to your gut, please. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Words of reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ready? Oh, interesting question. Okay. Sharing phone passwords with your partner. Oh. <laughs> well, don't we have some history with that, Phoebe? Do we? I mean, I have a certain Facebook account which I can no longer use. Oh my god! <laughs> ah, you forgot about this. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. I thought you, I just was thinking phone passwords. Mm, well, dropped uh, me right in it here. I'm gonna drop a bombshell. Uh, Phoebe anonymously changed my Facebook password one time when we were in high school. And, you have to and tell, then, give the context to this. Does the context really matter? Absolutely, because it sounds like I'm nuts and that I was doing it out of like spite. But okay, James told me his password and I would think it was funny to log on and put a status up. I'd be like, love my girlfriend, like da da da. Hilarious. And then I would, I used to change his password. I don't know why, like who does that? Such a weird thing to do, but... <laughs> I would change it and he'd be like, babe, what's the password? And I'd be like, haha. And it would be like, I love Phoebe, like da da da, whatever. Mm. Anyway, this last one, this one time I did it and I genuinely. This one time? What were there other times? We did, that's what would happen. Yeah. And then there was this one time we did it, or I did it, and mm. I could not remember the password for the life of me. Yeah. And then I tried to log on with my old password and then it got blocked out and then uh, it turns out the email that I was using for that account was no longer existing so I couldn't log into it but that's Phoebs that's water under the bridge honestly we've, we've moved like, on since then you it's know fun. if someone did that to me it, it was a crap I'd account i pretty upset it was a crap profile I didn't need it so, I, you, I enjoyed you know, my you didn't even really get that angry at me yeah, I enjoyed my two week hiatus from Facebook while it lasted so yeah. moral of the story is no no <laughs> no bearing in mind we were like what 15 i think a level of privacy in any relationship is healthy absolutely yeah i do think that as well i think well i think um if it gets to the point where your partner's asking for like social media passwords it's a no-no it's like yeah. absolutely not why then, would you need that exactly you then you've got to ask yourself why are you so curious or intent on getting my password exactly. what's going on are you you know are you worried about something but i think there should be that level of trust where like you know you can grab your partner's phone on the couch to look something up or be like hey babe should i order the oh, food yeah. Yeah. and then you have like your partner's phone pin but i think passwords for accounts is odd yeah agreed okay so the consensus is probably not guys most definitely not (laughs) guys and girls okay we have three more questions all right go on let's let's blast through them okay so oh this one i thought was quite intense oh juicy question inbound and i don't know how i would answer this either how do you spot true love in a toxic environment. Jesus. <laughs> loaded question. Hell of a loaded question. What is true love? What's a toxic environment? Yeah, all, all brilliant questions to add to that question. Um, uh, uh, do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I'm kind of curious to get your opinion okay. on this. Um, I don't think you can find true love in a toxic environment. 
Love is a good thing. Love is happy. Love is positive. And if you're in a toxic environment, I think that you're probably mistaking love for, you're probably trying to find comfort in something. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, there are, there are a lot of people who, for some reason, are still really attracted to someone, even though they fully acknowledge that the relationship is toxic. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people to get out of that toxic relationship? Because yeah. I, I personally, I've I, I've never been in a really toxic relationship, so I don't really know what it feels like. But uh, but I'm curious to know, like, because for me, I, I come at it rationally, and I think, well, if it's toxic, and I know it's making me upset, then just 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 be done with it. Get but I think that that's a very rational way of thinking. But you have to remember that love is not rational, and like. Mm. I've been in a toxic relationship before. Um, one that stands out to me. Um, and, you know, you're so in love with someone, but it, you, for example, the, you're arguing all the time, right? Mm. And despite all the arguments and despite everything that's going on that's making you, like, depressed and miserable, you just can't imagine your life without that person. And it just, like it's a horrible vicious circle because you'll end up breaking up and then you'll be like, oh my God, I miss mm. that person. Nah, nah, nah. And it's because you're in that mindset. And I do think that's also when you're younger. I think now I would approach a situation like that much differently because I also know from experience not to stay in something that's toxic. I mean, yeah. I literally became like ill with yeah. just, the, it was horrible. Yeah, what, one way I can relate is uh, I'm pretty sure in Colombia, I dated a sociopath, you know, someone that's like highly functional sociopath, someone that really knows how to like push your buttons and make you feel special in one moment, but then completely trash you and put you to the side yeah, in another. That is sociopathic for sure. Yeah. And, I, and, and one thing sociopaths are really good at and psychopaths for that matter is, is, um, triggering people so that they get them pining for them, I suppose in a really irrational way. How would she do that? Oh, just things like building me up, making me feel like the most special person in the world, and then the next day acting like she just didn't give a shit at all. Uh, which right. for me is really confusing. Mood swings. Big and, time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Or or just meeting up with you when it's convenient, or saying things to make you happy when it's convenient. Yeah. Um, and understanding what they're very good at sociopaths is understanding what your triggers are, and understanding what's going to keep you hooked. And they go about it in a way where they don't really care how your emotions are impacted by their actions. They're more cared about the gratification they get from just being wanted by you. Yeah. And that is toxic. But then that's really hard to spot sometimes because you might fall for someone and care for them deeply. And you don't want to see them as a sociopath because you don't think they are because you think inherently they're a good person. They might just be flawed. But at the end of the day, um, that's somehow that's sometimes how you get caught out. Um, and it might take a while to realize a lot of your friends might tell you that's the case, but you don't listen to them because what do they know? I know them better than you do. Uh, and it just takes time to kind of it's break true. out of that cycle. But it is true that um, there's a reason why obviously friends hate their friends' exes. And like when their friend gets back with an ex, it's like, well, not in you, James. I see you looking at me. But, not you know, if they've been done wrong and then you get back with them, it's really hard to come back from that and say, oh no, like he's changed or she's changed and it's going to be okay this time because it won't be because the same thing will happen. Um, it's important to listen to your friends, though, isn't it? Because they're not as emotionally engaged in it as you are. Yeah, they and can emotion, see it. And emotion can skew your rationality. Absolutely. Completely. I mean, I think I used to be, when I look back at how I used to behave in terms of dating and approaching relationships, I used to 
wear my heart on my sleeve and think like, I'm just going to follow this feeling. Like I'm just going to follow how I feel and hence why I moved to another country to be with a man and like literally based my fucking university course off of him. Please never do this guys. Mm -hmm. But you know, love is blind and you really like sometimes can't think rationally when you're in that state. But I think having experienced things like that and when you get older, you realize that sometimes it isn't love. Sometimes it's lust and sometimes it's just being lonely or like needing comfort or something. And yeah, yeah, it's just not what you think is right at that time. If you look at it rationally and you think, you know what, I'm going to take myself out of this situation and look at it. Am I doing the right thing? Moving countries for this person, it's probably not the right thing to do. So I don't think we've really answered that question. <laughs> no, I don't think we have either, but... But it's a difficult one because, you know, what is a toxic environment and what is true love in that? It's it's almost like I'm in a TOK class right I mean, now. You, you could write a book on this. You could really write a book on it. And we're probably not the best two people to answer that question either, to be honest. So <laughs> well, who is? I can well? only give you my honest opinion. Um, what is love? Bloody hell. Big question. What is love? Tell me what is love. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hurt me. No, tell me. Have you been in love? You know, a lot of people tell a lot of people that have been in love tell me that you know when you're in love and, and I can honestly say that I don't know, so I probably haven't been. Well, dagger. Okay. Fine. <laughs> See this is the end of this episode, guys. <laughs> I mean, look, whatever you can consider a preconceived notion of love when you're sixteen, yeah, maybe, you know. Okay, I I got a question for you as well, actually. Why do girls growing up consistently and so successfully fall for guys that are bad for them. The bad boy act. What's, what's, what's up with that? Because look, we all know that you guys end up with the nice guys eventually. But you, you, it seems like most girls go through this kind of growing no, phase of like no. getting bad guys out of the way first. No, no, no. We don't end up with the good guys eventually. The bad boys turn good because they have to. Because mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually when a man... I feel you, sister. <laughs> I feel you, girl. Preach to the choir, girl. <laughs> I think you have to remember that they play a very good act, right? Mm. So they give you, they tell you everything you want to hear. Oh my God, I love you. Oh my God, you're everything I'm looking for. You're so beautiful. They say all the right things. And then you only really find out they're a bad boy when, or like a bad guy. I think bad boy is such like a weird fair time of phrase. <laughs> Not a genuinely nice Not a person. genuine man mm. is when it's too late and you're already hooked. Yeah. And maybe you should have, you know, a lot of these guys already have a reputation. So people will say, hello, like this guy is known to do this. Or but be yeah, careful. girls go for them regardless because they fall for the same Yeah, thing. because the good guys aren't sitting there going, hey, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so this, you're so that. Um, feeding you with a load of bullshit that you want to hear. They're just going to tell you the truth, right? What? The good guys. You're ugly, you're boring. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I also think that the bad guys turn good for the right girl, right? So every good guy is also a bad guy in different scenarios. I don't think that you have like set good or bad guys. I think that um, every person, and you also have good women and bad women. Like, hello, women also play the game. Women also manipulate and say shit. Like, let's it's a two-way street. It yeah. takes two to tango, Let's ladies. not just put this all on the guys there's a, here. There's a lot of heartbroken men out there. Absolutely. Who, who you been... should have seen James when he entered between me Devastated. And him. <laughs> I'm still getting over it to this day, but I, this, is very, this is very therapeutic for me. It's very cathartic. <laughs> what a question. 
Yeah, brilliant. I'm liking these questions. You obviously have a very deep and philosophical listening base. <laughs> yeah. People um, asking the right questions. Did you like the first episode? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, honestly, it was um, eye-opening for a guy like myself. Um, just because I knew these issues were always a problem, but I just didn't know the extent to which they were an issue. I mean, I, I, I actually came in came into contact with sexual assault at a very young age because, um, funny story, my mum and I, when we were living in France, we were on our way to Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. We'd go meet my dad. We're going on holiday or something. And I must have been about six years old, five, six years old at the time. And I was on the metro with my mum. And some French bloke sat in front of us. And I just remember him wearing a hoodie no. a hoodie and loose uh, basketball shorts. I can't. And, and I was, you know, I was, I was off the ferries. I was six years old. I was looking around. Blah, I didn't really know what's going on. I could see him fidgeting a little bit, but I didn't think anything oh. of it. And then next thing I know, my mum slaps him on the knee with her book. And she says, no, you do not do that in front of my son. And I'm looking at her petrified going, mum, what the fuck? Are you, what did you do that for? You know? And this guy just went bright tomato red, got up, went to the doors. Poor fella, poor fella. Um, we, we had we he had to wait another 30 seconds to get to the stop. So everyone was looking at him. Um, and then he got off and, I, and I asked my mum, like, what did you do that for, mum? And uh, she just said, he showed uh, he showed your mum his willy. Um, <gasps> and, he's, and he's not allowed to do that. He's a very bad man. What? And... And that just was ba- he was so was he masturbating? He was basically playing with himself in front of my mum on the metro. No. Yeah. Oh, do you know what's even more fucked up about that situation is that you were there as a six-year-old, right? I look like, back on that now and I realise how messed up that was. Because that's really, I mean, listen, the, obviously the stories that Beth and Natalie told last week also absolutely horrific, but I think. Doing that when there's a child involved. I know, I know. Like, what is going on here? I mean, the man's got confidence. I'll give him that. The man is mentally ill. <laughs> but there's that as well, yeah. He's quite, is... He was quite a young fellow as well. I, I don't know if he just thought maybe my mum would find it sexy or not. No, 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 he's no, probably, no. He's probably living for the thrill. I think they do it because they get off on the, the fear. Mm. Or like the, oh my God, what the fuck's going on? I think that must be it. Yeah, it's the fear of maybe getting caught. All right, go on. All right, this is, a, this, is, this is a personal question from someone that sent this in, right? Okay, okay. Okay. I'm <laughs> seeing a guy and he refuses to wear a condom, but I really like him. What should I do? Tell him to get a sense of respect and understand your boundaries. I mean, like if... I hate this... I, I mean, ugh, as a guy, there's always this argument being banded about. Men always say, oh, but it doesn't feel as good of a condom. Yeah, or I can't come with a condom. Or... All this, all this stuff. And I, I, I can relate. As a dude, I can relate, you know. But at the end of the day, it's all about boundaries. And if the person you're having sex with doesn't feel comfortable with you having sex without a condom, then that should be it. That should be the bottom line. There's no there's no argument there. There's no, oh, but stop being a prude or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I think the other thing you have to remember in this is that if he's saying to you, um, I refuse to wear a condom, that probably means if he is sleeping with other people, he's probably also not wearing a condom. So yeah. definitely do not have sex with him yeah. if he is refusing to wear one. It's, yeah, exactly. It's about, it's, about, it's about respect. And if he is not willing to respect your boundaries uh, and respect the fact that you would feel more comfortable with him having sex with a condom on, then he's not worth your time. Ditch yeah. Him. Move on to the next. Yeah, see ya. Yeah. So that was a quick one. I think yeah. that, that was pretty, pretty clear from, God, the, from the get-go. Godspeed to you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. There's better men out there. There's bigger fish to fry. Like James. 
exactly he's a good guy. you're gonna leave my um phone number and yeah, instagram details after instagram this instagram will be below guys cool love it <laughs> all right this is my question to you am i invited to your future wedding oh absolutely of course for sure <laughs> am i really yeah for sure why not i mean i don't see myself getting married in the next 50 years or so so you might have to wait in a while but do you know uh, why i asked that because i was listening to another podcast and this question came up of um, a guy who wanted to invite his ex, who he's friends with, and the new mm. wife-to-be yeah. was uncomfortable with that and was saying, you know, um, I don't want your ex there. I don't want your ex in the crowd. And obviously, that is something to consider when it's also not just yeah. your day, it's her day as well. Yeah. But I was thinking, God, I'd better be invited, James. Would you be offended if I didn't invite you? I'd be upset, but I would understand that, you know, it's not about, it's not just you, it's also someone else. But if you were marrying someone... I would have you there. Even if you knew that it would upset your husband-to-be? I mean, what if your husband-to-be invited his ex? What if your husband-to-be said to you, I'm inviting an ex-girlfriend of mine? I mean, it's, you know, 10 years ago, we've got no chemistry anymore, but... I think if you have, if you're marrying someone, right? So you're committing to spend the rest of your life with this person surely you must trust them. Like, mm. there's not... Like, do you know what I mean? Having having still that little grain of doubt of saying, oh, well, actually, I feel a bit uncomfortable about having that ex there when it is someone that is just a friend. I don't know. I think then, should you be marrying that person? Yeah, good point. Good point. If you feel confident enough in the relationship that you know there's nothing there, then right. there should be no problem inviting an ex because you're confident in the fact that the person you're marrying is fully committed to you. Right. If you're not confident with an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend showing up for whatever reason, then I guess you have to ask yourself, why is that the case? And yeah. whatever reason that may be, you know, how do you address it? Yeah. I mean, your mum's invited to my wedding. Yeah, well. Shout out to you, Jane. She's going to be a bride of honour, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and, and she's probably she's probably looking forward to that more than mine because uh, she knows that mine isn't too close on the horizon. To be honest, oh my god, do you um, know what you say that, and you'll probably be married before me. Maybe I think you're going to get married before I do. I genuinely think I that. haven't. I have not been in a committed relationship for a very long time. I've not been in. You've a... been in ones more recently than I have. Yeah, but I've not had a relationship that's lasted more than seven effing months, let alone <laughs> let, let alone seven years. Okay, well, I think that wraps up all the questions, guys. So thank you all so much for sending in these questions. I have thoroughly enjoyed watching James squirm. And yeah, thank you for coming on as well, James. This has been hilarious. And I would also love to have you on again in a part two. Yeah, it would be an honor. I mean, He's thank- like, I am leaving and never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been, uh, no, it's been nice. I feel, I feel honored for you inviting me on. So thank you. I've uh, learned a lot as well. I really appreciate the questions. I think um, you've got a good fan base. You're obviously thinking a lot about these things. And uh, I'll be staying tuned. Listening Stay to, tuned. Staying tuned to listening to do, Safe Words. Yeah. Do, I think I think just, just to top it off, I think uh, it's really good what you're doing. I actually commend the fact that you're doing this podcast because I do worry a little bit that in this day and age with COVID and everything going on, it's detracted a little bit from a lot of other social issues that are happening. Uh, obviously, it's been front page news. But, you know, there are a lot of things that we still need addressing, like female sexual assault, mm-hmm. BLM, climate change. I mean, where's Greta Thunberg? Flip a neck. I've not heard about her know, in, right? in like Where 12 months. I mean, that died down real quick. Is she back in school yet? I don't, I don't know. So, so it's really good that... Greta, get back on your game. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's good that, that you're doing this podcast and actually, you know, raising these topics and, and giving someone a safe space to discuss I it. So, it. so I, I would love to come back. 
And that just about wraps it up, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you to all the people who sent in their questions. We loved answering them. Hopefully we were able to give some good advice. I will be linking James's details below for all those single ladies interested. And don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram at Podcast and subscribe or follow for future updates and episodes, guys. I will see you lovely people next Tuesday. Bye, guys.